Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. So today I'm going to continue our series called The Valley. Um, It's a series about sometimes in life, things to feel like we're down the bottom. Sometimes we feel like we're up the top. We love the mountaintop moments of life, you know, where everything seems to be going well. But often uh, we can't escape the fact that life is challenging. There's, things get tough. Things get hard. And the real question is, how do we face these moments in our lives? You know, how do we get through them? And what meaning and purpose can we find when we're going through those valley moments? And this series, we hope to look at and try and answer some of those questions. So a key verse, um, hopefully on the screen behind me, is uh, from Psalm 23, verses 1 to 4. I love this verse. This is like a real touch point for my life, and not just because it was written by another David, King David. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's so amazing that we have a God who understands exactly what we need. In those valleys, especially in those dark valleys, he knows what we need. And I love that. That's why that that verse, that that, that scripture is so powerful. So in the first week, um, we talked about how valleys are part of life and how we can grow um, in our faith, actually, through those times. And sometimes that's the point where the growing happens. The mountaintops, they can be great, but for growth, they can be a bit barren. It's in the valleys that sometimes we actually uh, are challenged and there's a chance to change and to change to grow both in our life and in our faith. Last week, Pastor Bronson talked about the valley of loss and shared his own story of loss, which was quite, um, quite moving. I won't dwell on that because I might tear up, um, but also how God saw him through that time. Um, and, 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 and he and uh, Pastor Gabby, like, that's an amazing, amazing story of, um, you know, the vulnerability of, of coming up here and sharing a story like that. But also, it just shows how, how important it is to be authentic. Because everyone's got these stories. We don't necessarily share them all the time. But knowing that other people in the church, your leaders, your friends have gone through some of these things and get through, that means all the world of difference. So today, I'm going to be talking to you about the Valley of Doubt. The Valley of Doubt, and that's, um, you know, it's a bit of an irony, actually, in your first uh, time preaching in front of everyone here to, to be preaching on uh, the Valley of Doubt. So self-doubt, like, tick that box. God, what am I doing here? <laughs> How am I going to get through this? Uh, tick, tick. Um, but it's also about times of grappling um, with, with God and our, and our belief in Him and our trust in His Word. And... Whichever uh, you know, season you might be going through, we, you'll find that in valley moments in particular, we can go through these seasons of doubt where we start to question, gee, I thought I understood this. I thought I knew I was on the track. What, what's, what's happening? And at that uh, moment, we, we all go through those. So let's hopefully, um, as I talk through this message today, uh, you'll see that that's not a surprise to God and it's quite normal and, and he can help us through that. So uh, before we jump in, uh, let's just pray. Uh, Dear Lord, 
I thank you so much, Lord God, for your amazing word. Lord, I thank you that in it we can learn so much about you, so much about ourselves, the world around us, Lord God, and Lord, how you intended things to be. Lord, I pray that you would anoint the words that I'm speaking today, that they would bring clarity, that they would bring revelation, that they would bring encouragement and freedom, Lord, to the people in this church today. And we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that we would have the strength and the hope to work through our doubts, to grow in our faith and trust in you and your great promises for us in the valleys and in the mountaintops, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So yes, as I said, in week one of the series, Pastor Bronson uh, shared an incredible story about valleys. It was about his amazing adventures uh, in Kokoda Trail. Um, I don't know about you, uh, you guys remember this, Pastor Bronson, maybe we should call him Pastor Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> I think so, maybe. Um, went on a hike a number of years ago um, with a number of the location pastors from Elevation Church. And, you know, the Kokoda Trail, you might have heard of this um, before, but it's this super remote part of Papua New Guinea. Um, there's, you know, going through the mountains, the heat, um, the, the, the wet, um, and that's where the Australians uh, fought off the Japanese during the Second World War. And um, it's a very, you know, you, you've probably heard before, it's terribly difficult conditions. Um, they had to hike six days straight through dawn to dusk, through the heat, through the rain, through the um, whatever, uh, uh, the, the illness, the, the, the things that uh, Bronson wasn't coping with too well. Down valleys, whoosh, up mountains. And it was a striking example of how, you know, those type of, um, you know, those journeys, but, um, you know, in the physical, but also in the spiritual, we can learn and grow um, uh, both in our life and in our faith. And just for the record, like, I'm not joking, God, I am totes impressed. Like, that is... <laughs> I'm not sure I could do it. Uh, in my household, we, we, we do things a little bit differently to Pastor Bronson on our holidays. You are much more likely to find me uh, touring around Italy uh, than hiking through a forest in sweltering heat. So this, <laughs> this is an example. This is a photo, uh, photo of a holiday we were on last year. I'm very comfortable sipping espresso at a cafe, not so much chugging down the hydrolyte just to sort of stay, stay in one piece, fighting off exhaustion. Relaxing on a beach, that's my bag. Um, collapsing in a tent at the end of a long day, not so much. And so it's fair to say that I'm fairly soft these days um, and no more adventure holidays for me. And when it comes to valleys, actually, um, my strong preference is rather than up and down them on the hiking trail is to do things the way the Italians do them. And that, uh, as you might see behind me, is just to drive a freeway straight across the valley, straight through the mountains, just keep going. Uh, <laughs> in Italy, they don't, they don't worry too much um, about uh, these things. It, it's a very mountainous place. So for for you, those of you who have been there, there's the, the Alps in the north. There's mountain chains all through there. But when you're driving around, and you, know, you can take the B roads like, like Larry does, but my preference is just to jump on these, 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 these amazing freeways because there's, you know, they'll just throw away bridge after bridge tunnel after tunnel straight through and we try to count them with the kids you just can't like it's 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 an engineering engineering uh, phenomenon we just gave up on counting them um but it's great because if you're trying to get around a country in their holidays well i want to get to the beaches i want to get to the cities i want to get to enjoying my holiday so don't have time for these valleys and these mountaintops um and if i'm totally honest uh that approach is is kind of the same way i go about life sometimes you know I'm too busy, 
I have plenty of things to do. And, and rather than getting comp, um, distracted by the complications of life, you know, winding down the valleys, going up the mountaintops, my preference would just to be blast on straight through. Um, I think that, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a saying actually that I, I was, used to be around when I was a kid, it's probably a bit of an old person saying now, uh, is to build a bridge and get over it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't have time for this valley. I'm not going to get caught down there. I'm just going to build a bridge and get over it. I build freeways like the Italians. I'm just like flying straight across. Keep moving. But I've also found, um, actually, that despite our best efforts, that's not always the way it works. That, that you think that you're doing all you can to keep things moving on, keep things chugging on, but actually there are things that will stop you and put you right down in the valley. Sometimes uh, you find yourself lost you find yourself beset with doubt when you get lost in those valleys. You find yourself in a moment of crisis. And um, when I, we actually, we, we had a trip to Italy uh, back in 2017. Um, and this was a really striking example of this very thing in my life. Um, the picture on, sta- on the screen, that's Zoe and, and my son James when he was little. And this was before our daughter Sophia was born. We look so happy, don't we? Look, like everything is totally perfect. What an amazing location. That ice cream is really good. Um, we've got a perfect life, right? Let me look at that picture. That would be on Instagram these days. Well, I wasn't on Insta then, but yeah. Except the last two years prior to this holiday was actually some of the deepest valleys that I've ever been through in my life. There was no freeway in that case. There was no bridge to just shoot across. We'd been down at the bottom. Um, And if I can say to the parents here, I'm sure you'll understand this, that if there's something that's going to stop you in your tracks and and knock you off that straight path, it's going to be children, (laughs) right? They just have this habit of of getting in the way. And in in our case, it was actually uh, that James, our our new son, um, had actually developed a chronic illness when he was was little, from about 10 weeks of age. He developed um, a thing is called viral-induced asthma. There's probably a few doctors in the house who'll correct my diagnosis. Um, but what that meant was every time that he got a cold, uh, every time that he got a virus, um, it wasn't just something he could brush off. He would get uh, this asthma-like symptoms. Without fail, every single time, he would get this inflammation in his lungs that meant it was hard for him to breathe. He'd be like sucking in, um, you know, using all his uh, muscles in his, in his, in his uh, stomach to help him breathe. And, you know, often um, it's, called, it's called bronchiolitis, which is a pretty common um, thing that lots of kids get. But it just seemed that every time that James got sick, he seemed to end up with this same condition. And it was kind of like clockwork. And so it's like it started triggering. I, I just got like this. You see, there's a twitch that comes in my mind, particularly if um if if my kids start to cough or something, I, I will start to twitch because every single time, um, without fail, when we saw him sniffling, we saw him you know running a bit of a temperature. Within 24 hours, the same path would be happening again. We'd be back in that situation, and it, so much so that within the first two years of his life, we were admitted to the Royal Children's Hospital around 20 times um, with this thing. And he'd be hooked up to a machine to help him breathe. He'd be a feeding tube in. Um, and the most scariest two times, he actually ended up in intensive care as well. And it was one of those episodes just before Christmas in 2015 when he was about nine months old. And we were on the ward 
Um, he, was, he was hooked up to this breathing machine, which is really annoying because they just blow air right through the kids' no, like nostrils and into their lungs, which is good for them, but it, it means they can't rest. They can't sleep. They're agitated. Um, we hadn't slept all night. Um, he hadn't slept all night, obviously. And um, I'm just sitting there holding him, I'm trying to uh, shush him, pat him, like the things you do with you know, kids. You, just, you, know, you just think, I've got to do something. I've got to do something to help him, to help him rest. And... You know, very shortly after this, um, we'd be getting an emergency call. He'd be going into ICU. Um, we were completely exhausted. We had nothing left. And we were so worried. And, and I just remember that moment in my life very clearly calling out to God and saying, Lord, why are we going through this? What have we done wrong? Please take this burden from us and make him well again. Please, God, just give us the strength to get through. Unfortunately, you know, thank God, um, James did recover. He runs around like a crazy kid now. Um, <laughs> and not only that time, as he got, as he got older and he could take some medication, um, increasingly got better and he grew out of his asthma, which I'm very you know, thankful to God for. It's amazing. Yeah, thanks. Um, Amen. But um, I'm also so, so glad that in my, that time, I had my faith. And I still had my faith through those moments. Don't get me wrong, like, there were plenty of doubts, but there was not a point of complete crisis of faith. But I was asking all the questions, why, God, is this happening to us? You know, and that self-doubt that I think we're all prone to, he keeps getting sick, like, what am I doing wrong? What am I missing? Like, am I, am I, am I cut out for this thing? I'm a, I'm a new parent. And whatever the valleys are that you've gone through, might not be exactly the same example as this, but I'm sure you've had those questions as well. Why, God, why am I going through this? Am I enough? God, where are you in this situation? But doubt is something we all go through. And it can manifest in many, many ways. And I think in some ways we are even more prone to it than maybe generations past. Society is more doubting today, more skeptical. Um, people are much more likely to doubt than they are to believe, that's for sure. If you look at the news, for example, you know, 40, 50 years ago, okay, I wasn't around then, 30, 40 years ago, let's say, uh, the news, it was on Channel 9. You know, it was Peter Hitchener or whatever his equivalent was back then. You don't doubt Peter Hitchener. But today, like, we live in a very sceptical age. We've got fake news. We've got social media telling you one thing. We've got, like, you know, some news channels telling you one thing and then others telling you something else. You know, people can confuse and rightly they ask questions. And I think the thing is that um, it's not just about things in this world. It's also, you know, we can have doubts in our faith as well. Maybe you've had questions like, is God real? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Is there heaven after life? Does God hear my prayers? Which is, that's where I was at that time in the hospital. There are real questions that have popped into my mind just like these at many times. And I'm sure you've been asked them, as, sorry, you've asked them of yourselves as well. But probably if you've got children, you're going to hear these questions from them as well. And they come out of the blue. I was like, um, I remember uh, reading, James is really into dinosaurs when he was about four. I was like, stop asking me these questions about God and dinosaurs. I'm not ready. Like, you're too young to be asking these questions. Um, 
And they can start to overwhelm us sometimes. You know, maybe it's something we can just fob off once or twice. But then when doubt starts to become something of a constant in our life, it can lead us to a crisis, a valley moment. When you start to question your faith, everything you believed, and it can really shake you up. And this, as I said, uh, you know, if it happened for me in that hospital, it was, it was close to that. I think when you, it can happen in many circumstances. You know, you miss out on a big opportunity that you thought you were all primed for. That was, that was heading towards that path and, well, now I'm not so sure. When it feels like your friends have abandoned you. When you lose your job, you thought the person that was the one decides to leave and move on. Sickness, loss. This is a long intro, <laughs> but this is the series is about how the valleys can help us grow in faith and deepen our relationship with God. So in the time we've got remaining today, I just want to share three points that can maybe help you in those times. Um, number one, doubt is a normal part of faith. Just like the valleys are a normal part of our life, doubts are a normal part of faith. It's part of the human experience. You know, basically, you're okay. You're normal. It's all right. You know, I think when we have these moments, we can go like, oh, gosh, is everyone else like this? Is it, is it the people I'm sitting next to in church, are they thinking these same things that I am? Is it just me? Am I bad? Am I wrong? No, no. We are all the same. Larry's got this great saying. Is what is it? <laughs> Try and remember it. Most of us are just like the rest of us. That's right. If you're thinking maybe you're weird and different, no, no, I think usually you're on track. We have these questions and uncertainties, and you know what? God can handle them. There's this uh, a group called the Barna Group, and they did this research back in 2017, and they found that 66% of adults who self-identify as a Christian questioned what they believed about religion and God. Millennials, 30 to 45 years, that's that time in that category, 38%, twice as much um, as the older generations experienced doubt about their faith. And they didn't talk about in this report Gen Z, that's like 10 to 30, but given you know, the prevalence of fake news and this kind of competing messages, I'm guessing that they've experienced doubt even more than my generation. 66% of professing Christians had valleys of doubt. That's two-thirds. So if it's not you, it's the people next to you on either side. If you have doubts about your faith, you are not alone. In fact, some of the main characters that we read of in the Bible, the, the people in the Bible who are like, you know, God's anointed, they are also in that same category. I love this scripture. Um, this is from the Gospel of Mark, and it's almost funny how true this is. I'm going to stick this up on my, uh, on my uh, door or my, maybe my background on my computer screen. Mark 9.24, I do believe... Help me overcome my unbelief. I can't believe that's written in the Bible. It's a true statement of a believer struggling with this. Jesus, I do believe, but I, I need you to help me to overcome my unbelief. The truth is we do need his help. Um, Psalm 13.1, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? This is a psalm of King David, and Bronson talked about him in, in week one. He was an incredible man of faith, but he also had struggles, including mental health. And then last week, Pastor Bronson talked about the story of Job. Job 13, 15, Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. God is patient and he's loving. 
he understands the struggles and the questions and the doubts that we have. When Thomas expresses his doubt about the risen Jesus, Jesus doesn't chastise him, but rather he helps him to see the truth more clearly. It says this in John 20, 27 to 28. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger in here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. And then Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Sometimes we need to confront the doubts to really have that belief born deep in us, to see it on a new level. Thomas had been following him around for three years, but in that moment, he needed to have that experience. Doubt is normal, but it is not a virtue to be pursued. And there's some great scriptures on this as well. Matthew 21, 21, it says this, Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. (laughs) This is a trigger verse for me. It's one of those ones that triggers my doubt. (laughs) God, help me believe. Um, I may not have a faith like that right at the moment, but I I believe that God, I believe Jesus at his word, that faith can move mountains. Faith can move mountains in your life. And I believe this to be true. I see it even though I doubt I ask God to help me with my unbelief. And James 1 to 6, When you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed around by the wind. And I do like this one. You know, in the storms of life, another, another thing, not a valley, a storm, same thing. Faith and belief are our anchor. And if we give in to doubt, we just find ourselves tossed around from one thing to the other. We, we lose our perspective. It's a thing we need to anchor on is faith and belief in God. Oswald Chambers uh, said this, Doubt is not a sign that a man is wrong. It's a sign that he is thinking. And that's why it's so important that we uh, recognize that doubt is okay. But then what do we do with it? And this is our second point today. Seek answers to your doubts. Seek answers to your doubts. Instead of ignoring or suppressing our doubts, let us understand them, seeking answers through prayer, reading the Bible, talking to trusted friends, Christian friends, pastors, our mentors. God promises to give us wisdom and guidance when we ask for it. Another scripture from James, just my favorite book in the Bible. So much good teaching. It says this, James 1, to five, uh, 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God for it, who gives generously to all without finding any fault, and it will be given to you. This is the promise. We might think that our doubt is a fault in us, but he doesn't find fault in us. He says, bring it to me, and I will give you wisdom. That's his promise to us. Proverbs chapter uh, 2, 3 to 5. Indeed, if you call out for insight, cry aloud for understanding, and it will look and look, sorry, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. I like that. At Easter, (laughs) and I blame you guys, my house is still full of chocolate from this church. It's a problem. It's a problem. I'm feeling it more and more. When the kids are out on the Easter egg hunt, 
you don't need to convince them that it's a good thing to search with all their passion and, and, and all their energy to go find those eggs. They know, don't they? They know. They've got a scent of that chocolate and they go for the prize. I think Psalms is saying that we should pursue his insight, the knowledge of God, his answers to our doubts in exactly the same way as searching for hidden treasure or Easter eggs. And John Piper says this, God wants us to be seekers of truth, not blind followers. We must examine our doubts and seek answers with an open mind and heart. I don't know if um, there's any movie lovers in the house. I think everyone kind of likes a movie. I'm actually a bit of a reformed movie nut. Um, Zoe and I, when we were growing up, we both uh, worked at a cinema. So we saw all these free movies. Like I'm talking about like one or two like every week or so. Anyway, it's a bit crazy. I also have a, uh, a completely redundant DVD collection now in my house. Um, <laughs> what do you even need them for? I just put the, everything's on streaming, right? So anyway, I feel a bit silly. But have you ever watched a movie, um, especially a thriller, and you always see, this always happens, one of the dumbest moves that people make is they decide to split up and go in their own directions, go off by themselves in the dark often, and you're know, like, what are you doing? They're like, no, 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 to solve this problem, we must go off by ourselves and find the answer. It's like, you know exactly what's going to happen. Why are you doing it? Stick together. We have a saying at Elevation Church, we're better together. We're better together. And during times of doubt, um, seek community. This is even more important. Seek community and don't shun it. Seek godly men and women that you know, that might be your family, might be your friends, someone in your life group, a mentor in the church, the pastor. Don't go off alone. Doubt is like a current that can carry you away, but community is an anchor that keeps you grounded. Timothy Keller, your faith and your community, that's the anchor. I like how there's, there's two points there. If you look at the, the Barna Group report um, on this, it found that those within a faith community were more likely to say that their time of doubt strengthened their faith. 80% of people who were in a faith community, believers in a faith community who went through these times, said that that moment actually strengthened their faith. Those outside of a faith community, only 34% came out the other side saying that their faith had strengthened. That is a huge difference. So can I just encourage you, there is power in being a community. There is power in being in the community. So when these times come, don't shrink away. Don't shrink away. Don't give up meeting together, as some do. Bronson will tell us what that verse is later. But we should always bring our doubts and our questions to God to share them with our fellow believers. And number three, if the keys could come, trust in God's faithfulness and promises. Trust in God's faithfulness and promises even when you don't fully understand or you have doubts. We need to remember that God is sovereign, right? He is in control. And even when we have doubts, things we don't understand, his love for us endures through that in any event. He cares for us deeply. And, and even when we can, like, we can feel like that is, not some, is, is far away from us, 
in our life. But I think that is the most important thing to just remind yourself of again and again. Keep your focus on Jesus and His sacrifice for you because it allows the Holy Spirit to work in your heart to overcome our doubts over time. Hebrews 11.1 says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That is faith. Hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I've got this, um, this is a pastor in America, Mark Driscoll, who's one of my favorites. And he, he says this, looking into the future and expecting to God to be there, that's faith. When you look forward and you don't put God in the picture, that's when you get fear. But remember that He will be there. He's been there in the past. He's here in our today and He will be in our future. And remembering that, that is faith. Hold on to that. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. You don't need to build your own freeways. I don't need to build my own freeways over valleys. It's God who makes our paths straight. Amen. I'm so glad I should save all that time worrying about building freeways. The greater knowledge of goodness and grace of God on your life, the more likely you are to praise Him in the storm. Matt Chandler, that's a great quote as well. The greater, knowledge, greater your knowledge of the goodness and grace of God on your life, the more likely you are to praise Him in the storm. Keep coming back to Him, church. Keep coming back to Him. Keep coming back to those simple promises, the foundation of our faith, what Jesus has done for us. And then soon the Holy Spirit will minister you through that moment. So here we go. What do we need to realize about doubt? It can actually make our faith stronger. It can actually make our faith stronger. When you spend time seeking answers, reflecting on God's promises, you will understand why you believe what you believe. You will seek and you will find. Oh, Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. The door will be opened. Ours is not a passive faith where we just accept the truth, you know, unquestioningly. It's active. It's part of His plan. When we have our doubts, when we have our questions, pursue God. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. John Piper says it this way, Doubt can lead to growth if we are willing to face it head on and search for the answers in the right places. In that research I talked about from the Barna Group, they found that spiritual doubt can be powerful and uh, a formative experience, strengthening and bolstering our faith. In the research, they said 53% of people came out and it made their faith stronger. And 28%, they said it didn't change that much at all. So going through the valley of doubt, 81% of believers got through 
the valley of doubt with their faith. 53% of them were better off. That's amazing, isn't it? This is not a surprise. This is not an accident. This isn't just like some statistical anomaly. This is the story of His Word moving in our lives. Psalm 23, 4, and I'll close with this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Church, let's remember. Those valleys of doubt, they might feel really inconvenient. They might feel really scary. But that's actually God's plan to grow us, to help us through, to help us seek Him more, to help understand more what He is doing in our lives and where He wants us to go. So let's, let's change the way we approach them. Let's come with prayer and seeking and trust that He'll strengthen us through those times. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are so good to us. Lord, even when we don't see it, you're working, Lord God. Even when we feel like we are lost, even when we feel like we're in a valley, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are there. Lord God, that...